I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Big Sean, you know what today is? 
We're dropping it in the bag, Matt. Come on, right. mailbag. It is mailbag day. Uh, yeah, bro. More of your questions from our listeners. So we enjoy these shows. We get to hear what's on your mind, hear your questions, and answer them for you. So let's jump right in the bag. First up, we have Jordan, and she says, Hi, my name is Jordan. I just finished high school, and I learned so much listening to this show. Well, that's awesome. She says, Because of coronavirus, I'm thinking about holding off on my freshman year in college. Would a gap year have any negative impact on my financial future? Hmm, Interesting question. Well, Jordan, and I'm sure a lot of uh, freshmen and college students are concerned about this upcoming year and students across the board. But for a college student, I would answer it this way. I think there's two ways to look at this question. Technically, Jordan, yes, in terms of maximizing your potential future earnings. According to research done in NerdWallet, it says that high school seniors who plan on taking a gap year this year due to the pandemic could be paying for it for the rest of their lives to the tune of an average of $90,000 in lifetime earnings. So yeah, I agree yes, with that. I, I was never, even even prior to this whole pandemic thing, Matt, I was never a fan of taking time. I've never seen the advantage of doing that, the return on your investment of taking time off and quote unquote savings. I'm saying like, go through it, do it. I mean, there's a lot of other options. Instead of going in a classroom, like we know you can do things online. And I used to always tell people, even if it was just one course, two courses a semester, just keep plugging away. I mean, I I think that's valid. And, and, you know, time is of the essence, you know, but I do think that there could be if if someone had reasons that made sense for them, a gap year is not going to be the end of your future. You can, you know, like if if there is a valid reason to do it, if you're going to do some other things in your life, just basically to be productive would be our our suggestion. Um, If you did choose to take that gap year, make it worth your while. Um, Because you are losing potential earning power from, you know, the time you're going to take doing it. So it's not all about the money. There could be, like I said, valuable reasons to do it. But just consider the consider those reasons. And right now, COVID could be a a reason to do it. I mean, if if your school's not offering online courses, which I think most schools are, but look into it and make a informed decision and, you know, trust your gut. Yeah, but I would just say stay in the system. If it's taking one course while you're, you know, taking time off, then do that one course to keep your mind sharp and keep moving forward. And like, it's true, maximize that time. If you decide to take that plunge, it's a return. Your your most your number one investment is yourself. And if you can look in the mirror and say you're going to get a great return off taking this year off by investing in yourself, then who am I to judge? But make sure that investment is wise and you are getting that return that will push you forward. You know, I always say your 20s is about educating yourself and getting that solid education, get a solid foundation so you can excel forward into your 30s where you begin your career and you can start investing. But you need to set up that foundation. I've seen so many people during this COVID time that are skilled, where they have a skill, like lawyers, doctors, where they're, where, like I say it all the time, your education allows you flexibility and comfort, right? And that's what it does. It doesn't make you if you if you're a lawyer and you get laid off, you have the skill set that you can leverage those skill set to do something else or practice at another firm. If you're not if you're just trained to make widgets and you're no longer able to make widgets anymore and the skill set is not needed out there, that's when you're in trouble. But when you've educated yourself and you have something that's viable, you'll always be okay. All right. Well, let's jump back in the bag. Next, we have a question from Linda from Washington, D.C. And Linda says, my question is about the impending eviction crisis our country is facing. 
You're right, Linda, that is a huge issue. She says, is the fiscal cost of keeping cash-strapped Americans in their homes and unburdened by back rent, is that cost lower than that of allowing them to be thrown into the streets by the tens of millions? The human cost of the latter, meanwhile, are higher than any decent society could afford. That's a serious question. That's wow, a very you're kind of deep question. with that question. I would say this, Linda, like, you know, I try not to worry about things that I have no control over. And that's being said, I'm not telling you not to think that your landlord can and will not evict you. That is a possibility if you have not paid your rent. But I would say... Well, we're assuming she, she's a, she may not even be a renter. She's asking about the crisis. Yeah, okay. Well, on both ends. So, yeah. I, well, I would assume this. It's not in the best interest of the government to have massive people homeless, okay? So I don't think they're going that on a on a macro level is going to occur, but I, there could be pockets of what of it happening. And you know, even for myself as being a landlord, that's something I wonder and I debate and I hope that doesn't occur. But you try to make contingencies up as a landlord, meaning that, you know, if I have to, how can I work with tenants? How can I make it that you know, this vacancy doesn't happen. But you have to continue moving forward and understanding that in any economy and environment, there are downsides, but there are also opportunities. And sometimes I think we put so much energy on worrying about the downside, we miss out the opportunities. I would also just chime in that our federal government, it's on them to, to take this crisis very seriously. We spend money around the world for defense and, and, and military wars, and our military budget is huge. I think this type of crisis deserves whatever resources we can throw at it because it's, you're, I agree, the, the human cost, we can't throw millions and millions of Americans into the streets. So we need to figure something out. So thank you for your question, Linda. This is a very serious issue that, you know, there's no easy answers to. So let's jump back into the bag. Next question is from James from Denver. James says, I've been repairing my credit and I don't have a lot of credit cards. I rent my apartment. Is there a way to get the fact that I pay my rent listed on my credit report to build my score? Well, James, actually there is. You can't report it yourself. Um, you can't report rental, rental payments to credit bureaus, but all of the major credit bureaus will accept your rental payment data through a third-party service. So, for example, wow. Experian, they, they receive rent payment data through Experion Rent Bureau, um, right. and it updates database every 24 hours from property management companies and electronic rent payment services across the country. So that is an interesting and little known fact, James, interesting question. And, you know, you'd have so to you talk to your landlord. Let your landlord know, hey, I want to start recording my rent. And I would say sometimes the situation, because I myself, the landlord, didn't even know that, Matt. So thank you for informing me. I think it's, once again, it's a relationship. If you have a great relationship with your landlord and you tell him what you're trying to do and you tell him the ways in which he can report your rental income then work with him to get it done and maybe then tell your other co-tenants in the building that hey i'm doing this and it's something that even your landlord may like because you can advertise to potential new tenants that i report this and it helps your credit score are there fees with this bro Dude, i don't there, know there, I don't there, know. there are fees um some uh it costs as low as 6.95 a month others can charge annual fees up to 95 dollars Plus, um, the that's services. why I love America, man. We can make a business out of anything <laughs> in this country. Man. There is a business for a business for a business in America. God bless America. <laughs> well, uh, James, I, I encourage you to you know Google and go online and do some more research. There's some some other rent payment platforms called one's called Rental Karma. One's called Rent Reporters. One's E Rent Payment. So you know, rent bureau services are out there. So 
uh, great question. And um, do a little more research and talk to your landlord and see if, if you can work something out. But we appreciate yeah. the question. Let's jump yeah. back. And in. I just think this is close it one more time. Man. I, and I think this is good for <laughs> if you have good credit or bad credit. Like you can use this to upgrade your credit. But I don't, if you're not paying your landlord on time, not paying his rent till on time, I don't know if it's something you want to approach your landlord about. But very true. If, that if, could be a dangerous. <laughs> I don't go emailing two black guys with good credit. I thought of what you said, and I now long. I got evicted from my apartment. Know your boundaries, bro. If you know you aren't good with your landlord, maybe you want to hold off on this approach. Very well said. Well said. So let's jump back in the bag. Next, we have a question from David from Philly. For a short question to the point. He says, what's up with Bitcoin? Uh, Sean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Bitcoin right now? Yeah, Bitcoin is actually on a surge and no one even knows why. You know, it was flat for a while and now it's surging. The digital currency is up over 17% since July 20, 20th, 2020. The same period in which the Dow Jones, and digital, Dow Jones actually, actually dropped nearly 2%. And reported cases of COVID have topped 4.3 million in the United States. Maybe it's that people are using it for its original purpose, using it as currency, or maybe, you know. Well, I, now, I, I, would, I would add, Sean, that the spike has come on the heels of the Office of the Controller, the Controller of Currency last week has allowed banks to, to hold cryptocurrencies. So up go. to now, banks and funds had avoided Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies due to regulatory concerns. But that that has opened things up. So the rally just could answer be really question. Yeah, the rally because now that's more legitimate. Not, I wouldn't. I'm not mean. Not, not, I'll use the word legitimate. But now it's being accepted and it's being part of like the banking. So people are like, whoa, there's going to be a surge in demand for these coins. Let me buy. Let me bank up on these coins, and that's what's driven up the price of Bitcoin. There you go. All right. Well, let's move on. <clears throat> Next up. Back in the bag, we have Sharon from the bon the Bronx, the Boogie, Boogie Down, Down the BX. Bronx. You got me on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sharon you beat me says, too. Well, Sharon, okay, this is directed to me. Sharon says, Matt, I've heard you say you are a freelance business owner and you own your own content production company. How are you marketing your business during these COVID times to help you find new clients? Well, let me just say that before you start, Matt. Let me give you the history of my man, Matt Smith. You know, Matt Smith... Yes, he's he's a freelancer, a gig guy. Uh, well, he he worked at BT for a number of years, and when the time came for him to exit, he took this gig thing by the head. And he, you know, and I can tell you by watching him and seeing him and seeing him uh, try to navigate through this thing, you know, I commend him for how well he's done and being able to survive. So I think whoever's um, from Boogie Down Bronx. You are asking the right person about how this whole freelance and gig thing works. So with that being said, Mr. Smith, hit him with it. <laughs> Appreciate that, Mr. Linda. So I, I would just say, Sharon, it's been difficult for in, in every industry across the board, but and, and specifically for my industry, working in production and creating content for television and online and digital platforms. A lot of things got slowed down and frozen to a, a, a halt. So it was a little difficult, but I, I've been working the phones, the emails, and all communication devices to stay in contact with my, my closest uh, contacts that I've gotten a lot of work from, my clients that have been my best clients over the years. So I've been in contact with them and I've just been staying creative. Some of the jobs that I've been doing over the, the, the COVID break has been uh, developing shows for, for a couple of networks where I have some 
some uh, clients that are executives over there. So those were jobs that didn't require me to be out in the field shooting. So it's just about being creative and trying to find ways to do work, even while the main production jobs have been halted. So I've been working the phones, basically, is all I can tell you, sharing, working my contacts and trying to remain uh, creative and flexible and also creating new opportunities on my own, uh, like doing the, this, our podcast, Two Black Guys, doing some other uh, online projects and ventures and, you know, just well, let's, being let me flexible. Ask you this, Matt. Let me dig a little deep. Let me interview you. Like, how have you, what was your, how have you had to pivot because of COVID? Like, you know, how has your world changed and how have you been able to recreate yourself to, to really try to make it through these times? This uh, new well, norm. I, I, I'm still learning that. I'm still I'm in the process of, of my pivot. Uh, but basically, prior to COVID, I had things already uh, confirmed for the year. Like throughout this year, there were projects that we were already had already earmarked. My clients were, had already you know, had meetings with me telling me we want to do this in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, I was supposed to be doing a conference, kind of like Comic-Con, like we were going to be doing a, a huge conference in D.C. Uh, that would have required a lot of budget, a lot of moving parts, and I was going to be leading that project. So that would have been a nice big budget, a nice big paycheck, and, you know, things happen. So once that went away because of COVID, because it looks like that's not going to happen now. Um, basically, the what I've had to do, as I said, is, is just keep my eyes and ears open to opportunities, create opportunities. I've been reaching out to people. And also, it's about just being creative and being uh, active. Like, I've been developing projects on my own that I think I can do uh, through Skype. Like, I can, I'm sorry, like Zoom, Zoom interviews and doing content that doesn't require major production or travel. So I've been doing, like, I've done some things for different corporate clients. I've shot some, some Zoom interviews on some topics that were related to COVID. I did, like, I've done two COVID corporate videos about some hate that was going on towards the Asian American community. I did one about, uh, just how corporate America is is dealing with COVID. So like, basically, I've just been trying to pivot and be flexible and be ready and also creating opportunities. So I, I think I've and gone on long enough. Last question, Matt, last question. I think it's all great information. What did your mindset had to be though for this COVID? Like how have you had to like condition your mind? Because people don't understand when you're working for yourself, it is mental. It's not like every day you're getting up, going to your job, doing your work. You have to kind of encourage yourself, self-motivate yourself. Like it's it's so mental being an entrepreneur and it's so it's a roller coaster in your head, I find. You know what? I actually as you say that, it, it it reminded me of one of my biggest pivots was and my mentality shift is I've had to do more. Like I've had to like normally pre-COVID, I was spoiled, not really, but in terms of like I had editors at my disposal who can come in and that's their job to sit in the edit room. And, and that sometimes that's a long process to right. take a bunch of footage that's been shot and then chop it down into whatever the deliverable is. But because of COVID and social distancing, I'm not trying to be in, little, in a little tight edit room with an editor. So I've been editing on my own, on my own computer from home, a lot of the content that I've been creating um, so it's it's helped sharpen my edit sword. I've happened I've had to learn how to to do some tricks and some of my edit 
friends have been helping me over the phone have been good resources. But basically, I've had to do a get in where you fit in, do whatever is, you know, by any means necessary type of mentality to get things done. Absolutely. Yeah. Even with my logistics business, I've had people call in, not comfortable coming into work because of COVID. I've had to, you know, do pickups myself and tell people we can't come. Like, it's just changing. And if you're not ready to, you know, humble yourself and do things that you may not have otherwise have done, to recreate and adapt to this environment, then you're, you're going to be left behind. And I want to just reiterate, people have to understand, there is a new norm. Like, I never try to relive the past. Like, I'm never trying to get back to where I used to be because I think that's the wrong mindset. You have to get forward. And you can use things that you've done in the past, but trying to be on this, I'm, gonna, I'm just trying to get back to where I used to be. I'm just waiting for things to go back to how they used to be is a wrong mentality because there's going to be a new norm. Like, I think... Like, for example, face masks are here to stay. Even if COVID is, there's no more cases of COVID in the United States, we're still going to be wearing face masks. The entertainment world is going to look different for a very, very long time. People need to embrace change. History will show, like, we'll be talking 20 years from now. Oh, was that pre-COVID or was that post-COVID? That'll be the conversation. Oh, that used to be before, you know, when COVID was here. So, you know, you have to embrace it and you have to do, as Matt says, like, be creative. And I think that's what I got out of what you were saying. Oh, we've got a long, long for this question, Matt. All right. I go well, let's, let's get like, bring let's me to the next one, bro. <laughs> let's jump back, back to the, the bag. bag. Thank you. Go back Thanks, Shan, from the Bronx. But now back to the bag. We got Calvin from Portland. He's Calvin asking Klein, if, no friend of mine, don't want nobody's name on my behind. <laughs> you know, know about you're, what you're, you know about that. You're so much older than I am. I, don't, I bet, <laughs> vaguely remember that song. So we got Calvin from Portland, and he's asking, Sean, ETFs or picking stocks? Well, not you, little Sean. This is for big Sean. Mm-hmm. ETFs or picking stocks? What are your thoughts? Uh, I got 10, I got 10, uh, 10 grand, getting no okay. interest in my bank account. What, what should I do with this money? He just answered my question. For a minimal investment, like 10 grand, I'm thinking ETFs, mutual funds. And we did a show on this. Um, before we brought in our Canadian friend, where we talked about ETFs. And I think it's just where you're letting the experts do their job. You're letting them pick the funds and pick the stocks and bonds and stuff for you. Then you're just investing in the total return on a multiple set of um, stocks or bonds, right? So you can spread your money thin and you're not doing or dying from one stock. As much as you read about people that said, oh, I bought Amazon when it was a dollar. I bought Google when it was $5. Those are hoop dreams and pipe dreams. And I would say with your 10,000, as long as you're beating the rate of inflation, um, you're good. Like the misconception that your 10,000 is going to wake up one day and if you do it right, people have called me like I have 10 grand, like I can make them a million dollars from that 10 grand. It's just not, um, it's not realistic. something that's not realistic. Real. So if you're, if you have 10 grand and if that 10 grand brings you to 10, 500 over a year, you make $500, you've had an excellent year on that 10 grand, just investing in the market. That's why I'm always a fan of investing in yourself. But using the market as a way to grow steady growth, but ideally building a business around you and investing in you. So what do you think is better, though? You're saying ETFs for... for, for Absolutely, 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 absolutely. And that's what the smart people are doing. They're more doing the funds, ETF, you know, and they're not trying to cherry pick stocks. Yeah, Calvin, I, I agree with Sean. I just wanted to chime in that you still want to be, you still want to have a strategy with how to pick your ETFs. There are specific ETFs. There's your, your S&P 500 ETFs. Um, so you, you, you probably want to find 
you're, you'll probably find picking ETFs simpler than figuring out how to pick stocks. It's just a matter of exactly. how much time you want to spend researching investments. So and you're looking at past performance and past performance doesn't mean current performance, but it gives you an idea of how well it's performed in the past. But although we're going through difficult times of the pandemic, it may not things may not be as relatable, but this is where you want to get a professional in, go to your local bank or an investment company and 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 work with a professional. And fees are very minimal right now. So people don't charge a lot of fees for for giving that advice. And you could then have somebody help guide you. I myself who is a financial guru, I have a guy, a broker that works with me and helps me pick out my investment, helps me work through my investment portfolio. Did you just name, yeah. did you just name yourself? Did you just yeah. call yourself a guru? Yeah. <laughs> I know you think I'm sitting at my, at home on my computer, just away, looking for opportunities. You think I'm that guy. I'm not, I learned in life and just like on the court, Matt, it's a team game, and you got to get the right players on your team to win. You know, man. That's why when we play half court ball, I never pick you up, bro. I was like, you know, man, go on the other uh, side. <laughs> you gotta right, have the well, right team, I, and all yeah, the right team. You can't do it yourself. I, I'm gonna let that go right now. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna jump back in the bag, and, and I'm gonna go to Lara from Detroit, Michigan. So, Lara, she says, I am. A recent college grad, I was fortunate enough to land a job before the pandemic hit. That's a blessing. Congrats to you, Laura. Uh, I have, I just have completed my three months probation and was given the opportunity to sign up for the company's 401k plan. I really don't know what I'm doing. What now? What questions should I be asking? How often should I check in on my investment and with whom? Sean, what do you think? What what are some things she should know about her 401k? Well, just don't be overwhelmed, first of all. Do it, second of all, and try to max it out, third of all. And to me, you can be a, a 401k, if you look at it like an umbrella, right? And under that umbrella, you have many different investments that you can choose from. ETF, mutual funds, stocks, bonds. It's just a tax shelter plan, meaning that your tax payments are more than likely deferred till when you read that magical age of Matt, 65 or 59 and a half, when you can start withdrawing from them tax-free. So news. don't be overwhelmed, I would say. Definitely get involved. And, you know, find sometimes when you call HR, they may have somebody there that can take you through it. But the worst thing is not to do it. Okay. Laura, I would also recommend you... Uh, Take some time and, and, and go enroll in Google University. They, they have great resources and articles and, and information there. And you can check some Another of Another great resources. Past. Yeah. Two black guys with good credit. We got past shows that talk about that. Retirement, fact, fake, or fiction. You can go right there and listen. Get all the information you need. We are, uh, we are uh, as my back in my days, what are those Britannica encyclopedia of financial literacy, bro. Yes, we are. So, <laughs> Laura, uh, I hope this helps you, and congrats on getting that job. Uh, we're happy to hear that. That brings us to the close of this mailbag Big Matt, session. Before we close out, you know, I, 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 as what we're doing in this show, I want to ask you, what's on your mind, bro? Like, what's on your mind? If you had to kind of write into two black guys with good credit, or just generally. 
what's what's tr- what's in your head? Well, all right, Big Sean, I, I'll, I'll write a letter to the editor. Um, I, I would say <laughs> one thing that's been been on my mind is about the future of entertainment in light of COVID and you know this coronavirus and the new social norms, social distancing, and and just basically how we have to be health. The concern was with health, like sports, the NBA playing in the bubble oh, with the why virtual am I fans. Not surprised for those that don't know. Matt is a sports junkie. Okay, let me just call it out. And uh, I, I knew you'd have to come with this I question do. sooner or later. You know, about this whole bubble and where entertainment is going to be. And that's a very good question. Like, I live close to the Barclays Center and I drive by there a lot. And I'm like, when will this ever be open to the public? Like, what's entertainment going to look like? And what, the, what are those industries going to look like? And, and it's, it's kind of a scary thought, you know. But also... It's twofold. It's what you just posed. When will this be open to the public? And then the other side of that is when will the public want to be open to going back? Even if they open it up, do I want to go in there? Like, do I want to be in a in a closed environment, you know, with people cheering and just kind of all of the our brains and our our thought patterns are going to be. They're, they're changed forever now. So it's like going to certain events and certain types of things. Yeah, I don't know how that works moving forward. And, and the amount of the, the fiscal impact of that, when you think about the NBA, like if I'm one of the people who invested in the Barclays Center thinking and I'm, I'm projecting out how much money I'm going to make in five years, 10 years, Absolutely. 15, 20, 30. And you're making no money. That's, and it's now, crazy, yeah. yeah. It, it, I can only imagine. I mean, it's obviously Corona is hurting everyone from top to bottom, from rich to poor and everyone in the middle. So it's not I'm not crying a river for them. I'm just thinking if I was in that position and I had invested in all of that. With and just and the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like you were saying, it's consumer confidence and in investing like people don't know these shows and these things come. Money comes from a lot of different investors. And do you have the confidence? Like I, I biked past the Madison Square Garden. I saw they had a billboard, Justin Bieber, July 2021. And if I sat down on that table and they're like, Sean, we want you to invest a couple million dollars to this Justin Bieber tour that we plan on having and rolling out in 2021, who's putting their money out there to say, yes, I believe it's going to happen? I mean, because you put your money out there and then it doesn't happen. You got to cancel. That's a huge loss. So I think you know, when people are looking at this, that whole industry, you got to, it starts with consumer confidence. And if there's the confidence is not there that things are going to get better and this death rate is not going to, it's going to start declining. And, and then people are not going to want to invest in entertainment in the way that we, that we traditionally know. Well, maybe we can come back. And I'm tired of Zoom concerts. I'm tired of Zoom concerts, bro. (laughs) Like that was a nice little thing at the beginning, but now it's just like, okay, like when is this going to (laughs) end? Maybe we'll we'll need to come back and do a, a remix, a real like a full show on this topic because it it has definitely changed the entire system, the entire the the whole world of entertainment. Just like the whole world period has changed, but in, in in the scope of entertainment, like that, like I don't even know how that comes back. So that was what the thing that's been on my mind, Sean, is, is yeah. just how this is changing the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think what, like in the short term, we have to really uh, adapt to the pa- fact that, you know, concerts and, and sports, the way we know it is not going to exist. And, you know, even myself, I have to get used to watch. And I've actually, you know, surprisingly, I have not I've enjoyed watching the NBA, even though there's no fans. And I did not think that I would enjoy it. 
because they've done you know a good what? job of the yeah, presentation. The presentation. Excellent. Yeah. And them as a business, I think the players have bought into it. And that's what any organization, you have to get your staff and your employees to buy into it. So the NBA players, congratulations to them, have bought into the concept and the games are intense. You but know, long the games term, are intense. Though, but long term, the NBA, like they, they're making the best out of a bad situation right now. But if they if they have to have empty stadiums moving forward, like if, if that doesn't return, like if, if they're not buy, selling out arenas and concessions and parking and and, and uh, merchandise, like if that if that is no longer a part of their. their well, I think uh, let me just get the secret model. out. It's, it's I think the NBA players have to know they may be taking a price cut. Maybe they're going to be earning what the average person earns to play the game that they love. Maybe they'll only be getting six figures instead of seven figures. Are they willing to do that? If they don't have that revenue coming in, they're just not going I mean, to make as not much just money. The players. Let's not just put and it on them. It's the owners. The it's the entire you're absolutely team. right. I apologize. The owners are going to have to. Everybody's got to take some pay cuts. And now they'll see. Are they really going to? Are they? Re, are they really wanting to do this? Because they, that's the, that's the reality. There's only so much money in the pool, and we got to split it up which way is the best way we know how. So that could uh, be the energy. I think we, we, we'll table this for now, but I, I appreciate you asking the question. You're letting me write my letter to the editor. But I, like I said, I think we'll probably have to do a deeper dive at a later date on this. Uh, but that brings us to the close of this week's mailbag. So I appreciate all of the listeners sending in their questions. So, Sean, tell them how they can, for, for anyone who wants to send in a, a mailbag question, how, how can they do that? Well, you can hit us up. And like I say it all the time, please, people, reach out to me on different social media channels. And the best way to get your answers replied to is to email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com. Like Cynthia from Cincinnati. That's like a tongue twister, Matt. You guys make financial literacy just simply so easy for me to understand. Thank you so much for what you do. Wow. Thank you, Cynthia. That's very kind of you. And that's what we try to do here at tbgwgc at gmail.com. Matt, we try to simplify it. Guess what, Matt? What? I'm the better half of two black guys with good credit. My name is Sean Linda. Keep your money where it belongs in your damn pocket, people, and I'm out. And I'm Matt Smith, the other half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Uh, and like I always say, nothing changes if nothing changes. So, folks, make that change, and I'm out. Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.